The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Amplify. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Hello and welcome to Amplified, one of the business channel shows on Voice America. We are so thankful to Voice America for being available and having platforms that allow us to actually amplify great leaders, authors, speakers, events, and causes. So uh, we have a great guest, actually two guests that we're going to have on the show and on for another amazing ride. And thank you so much to Sharon Frame for making the introduction to Don. I'm going to turn over the microphone to Gita so she can give her powerful introduction to Don. Thank you so much, Ken. Can't wait to introduce Don Hutchison. Don Hutchison is a lifelong entrepreneur, inventor, author, and coach. He hosts the daily podcast, Discover Your Talent, Do What You Love, which he created to help you find your true talents and use them to build a career of success, satisfaction, and freedom. He's never had a boss and has created six innovative companies in advertising, publishing, coaching, and career planning, and now on the Internet over the last 35 years. A big warm welcome to you, Don. Can't wait to speak more with you. Thank you so much. It's nice to be here. Absolutely. We are so excited. Thank you so much. Ken, over to you. So how did uh, Sharon come into your life? Sharon was a, uh, a guest on our podcast somewhere in the next in the last uh, six or nine months. We just met her through our network, and uh, we had her on the show. She was a, a fine interview. Well, great. I, I like to give a shout-out to people that bring amazing guests on our show. So what is it like to have a life where you haven't had a boss and you created all these businesses? What, what caused you to create that for yourself? You know, I guess it was... Um, I guess it was... Uh, in my DNA and some blind luck, I I almost had a boss after I, well, I had Uncle Sam for three years when I was in the military, but uh, that was what that was. But when I got out of college, I was getting ready to uh, take a teaching job. For some reason, I majored in Russian language and literature, go figure. And uh, yeah. a friend of mine was starting a business, uh, a magazine, and it was really underfunded, but it was a brilliant idea. So three months before I was to take this teaching job and go off and get my PhD, I said, okay, I'll join you. And that changed the course of my life. And I went on to enjoy that. And that company's still going on 40 years later. And, and then I was blessed to come up with some ideas in advertising with advertising agencies and publish other publishing companies and career planning. And uh, I don't know. I, it's, it's all I know. And I, I guess I've, had, uh, I've been real fortunate. It, had, it hadn't all been a piece of cake. I've, I've been through some, like everybody, some rough economic times with the economy and all. But... Uh, I sure have loved it. 
So as far as the Russian, why did you pick that as a language? You know, I, um, I liked, I didn't want to major in the business to business. I didn't know I was a natural entrepreneur and I was just a kid in, in college. I liked the, um, I liked the Russian writers. I liked Tolstoy and uh, Solzhenitsyn and Turgenev and all those folks. I don't know how I, I ran across them. I'm not sure where. I was always a reader and I always liked literature, American literature at the top. And they just fascinated me. And it's this huge country and it has this interesting history. So I just thought it'd be interesting to study that instead of uh, you know, some other languages. And it turned out to be... Uh, pretty fortuitous because I ended up using it in the Army uh, during the Vietnam era and went to language school and all that and uh, turned out to be a real good experience. Well, I'm at a, an event that's pretty interesting. It's called Secret Knock, and Greg Reed uh, created this vision some 10 years ago and had this kind of mastermind talk, even though it's an event. He brought in all these innovators, and he had a, a, a young man stepped on a stage yesterday. He's about 15 years old. His name's Caleb Maddock. And he has about 200,000 followers. And he said something on the stage that really, I guess, reminded me of what you just were talking about, about you love to read. And he was trying to get his dad to pay him for chores. His dad said, you know, if I pay you for chores, that's all you're going to do is chores to make money. I'll pay you to read books. And so... That was their arrangement. The more books he read, the more money he made. <laughs> that was that was a very self-aware dad. That was an amazing gift to Caleb. Well, I, the fact that Caleb is now able to charge at age fourteen and fifteen ten thousand dollars for keynote speaking, I think his dad was pretty pretty insightful indeed. Yeah, yeah, so, that's wonderful. So you've been to Russia? Yeah, you know what? After all those years, uh, when I sold my. Uh, Ad agency in 1990 to Omnicom. I um, about a year later, I had a reason to. Uh, I just wanted to go over there, so I spent a couple of weeks in Moscow. I boned up for a month or so on my Russian, and um, it was a really um, it was an interesting experience. I I studied it intensely in the army for about a year, and then just used it just for another year in in the military. So I never was in country, so I got to be utterly fluent, but. When I went there for a couple of weeks, it came back uh, rather quickly, and I, uh, I was glad that I'd invested that time. What? Uh, when did you go in, to Russia? Was that? It was 1991. Before, before 1991. 1991. Yeah, it's totally different than it is now. Yeah, Russia has an f- interesting history, like all countries, and uh, I was struck by two things: how highly educated and. Uh, how much I enjoyed being with the people and how nothing worked much. <laughs> Here we are in, in, in America where we're just so performance-oriented and technology, and we're so innovative. And I don't mean that the Russians are not innovative, but their system their system was such that I took, I took the elevator twice, and then after that, I don't care how high up in the building it was, I walked because I was sure that the elevator wasn't going to work because everything was sort of... Uh, just marginal in terms of just the way their uh, their system worked. Well, I mean, isn't that human nature, though, when you have a system that doesn't reward excellence and no matter how great you are, you're pretty much getting what the next person next to you is getting? Oh, yeah. I think that's a, that's a, that's a good observation. I think that's exactly, that's exactly right. It's, uh, yeah, so many places are like that. And, uh, you know, the best part of America, we got serious problems, but the best part of America is that we... Uh, 
have always um, we've always rewarded innovation and at least in a lot of ways thinking outside the box and that's one of the great aspects of this country. Well, without going down too big of a rabbit hole, or I should say we'll go down as big a rabbit hole as you'd like, it's just interesting that you say Russia, and we had a guest in Secret Knock yesterday that was had to go, we had to go through all, well, I shouldn't say me, the, the uh, founder of Secret Knock had to go through all kinds of legal paperwork, everything to get Edward Snowden to be patched into the event from Russia. And, you know, after the movie has been made and the documentary, he shared his story, and it was uh, it caused a lot of conversation. First of all, the fact that Drake could even get him to be uh, simulcast in for an I think it was almost an hour, and the second thing is the dehumanizing to hearing the human actually justifying his stand for why he did what he did, and that someone has to to speak up. So, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I have a, It's an inter- it's a really fascinating topic. I. I know that, uh, like I mentioned in the, at the beginning of our uh, pre-interview chat, the um, the great thing about this country is its innovation. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur and an innovator, and so I, I love that aspect of it. The the it's it's too bad, in my opinion, that the uh, actually it was Eisenhower, I think, President Eisenhower that talked about the military-industrial complex and being careful of that. He was this top general in the wars, you know. But what's happened here is that, uh, in my one man's opinion, is that we just let the the big corporate America, whether it's Monsanto and their GMOs or the CDC with their vaccines or the oil industry or whatever, just dominate our our whole society. And, um, you know, the... the, uh, you know, the, the news media, for gosh sakes. I mean, where are the Walter Cronkites and all those people that were really out there trying to get to the heart of news instead of just trying to be entertaining and doing all this sensational stuff? So I don't know the details of his story, but I know that we are not the, um, we are not the country that really honors the, the kind of investigative journalism, the kind of going deep into the issues that drive us um, that, that, that I was brought up to be, uh, to, to, to be a part of. And so, uh, I, I, and, and then we, because the companies, I mean, the pharmaceutical companies own the media. I mean, they own the media right. and the Western medicine, I've, I'm a real health nut and always have been for 35, 40 years. And Western medicine has, has gone awry for decades and we give pills and we give all this stuff to, uh, solutions that have natural antidotes that have been proven over thousands of years, and all we do is treat the symptoms. So whether you're talking about big oil and not and not, and not investing in renewable energy, which is being done all over the world because big oil has such a big lobby, the pharmaceutical industry, which has an even bigger lobby than big oil, um, we, we've, we've got serious problems. And, uh, you know, I think that the last election... Uh, I'm not a particular political guy, but you got to be today. The last election was everybody throwing up their hands and uh, saying something's got to change. And I'm not a Trump fan by any stretch, believe me. I'm not not at all, but I think people are just so sick of it, they didn't want more of the same with the uh, establishment just ramming Wall Street or big pharmaceuticals or the big corporations down our throats. How's that for an answer? That's a great answer, and I'll tell you, it's it's important that the public understand that 
what they're hearing, experiencing, listening, if it's programmed, they're actually, it's propaganda. It's not, it's not the truth. And so, uh, what we eat, the, uh, and not taking preventative medicine instead of actually treating the symptom, it's, it's very dangerous. And we are a country that unfortunately has been bought and sold by the big corporations that want to actually take the buck over the health. Well, and you know what's interesting about that too, Ken, is that I read this book um, recently uh, by this heart, this Yale psychologist called the uh, Sociopath Next Door. I'm, I'm interested in another life. I would have been a clinical psychologist. I just I love the human mind and the human spirit. And they did some long-term studies, and what they found out. Uh, gosh, I don't know the source, but I know it's been going on a long time. Four percent of the world, okay? Well, we got seven and a half billion people. Four percent of the world are sociopaths. Well. As your listeners know, a sociopath is someone that doesn't have a conscience. And 30, 67% of the world do what they're told if the, if the um, authority source is strong enough. And that could be anybody from the, you know, your pastor, your priest, your rabbi. It could be the president. It could be your coach. And the other 32% where I, I like to think, uh, you know, people like us fall, make up their own minds. So how hard is it? I had a big addicts here one time, and luckily we did honest work, but uh, there are a lot of smart people out there in the PR and advertising business, and they just they can manipulate the facts to get that 67% to say what they to believe what they want to believe. And so they tell them that we don't we, we don't we can use this renewable oil and we can use this oil that we could have gotten rid of 20 years ago, or they tell them that the, <laughs> these medications, or they tell them that chemotherapy is a great solution for cancer prevention when it has a 2.5% survival rate after five bloody years. and uh, But having said that, there are people like Ty Bollinger in The Truth About Cancer, and there are people like Robert Kennedy Jr. coming out on the vaccine front and blowing the whistle on that. It's coming out because of the power of social media, the good side of social media. And, you know, the millennials are courageous as the dickens. They're not buying the same old bullshit that early generations bought. And I have some, you know, I have some hope. And around the world... You know, I'm a big feminist and uh, big time and because of a mother and grandmother and women are just, you know, finally starting to get more and more and more of what they deserve. And it's long, long overdue. You know, Elizabeth Warren and Tulsi Gabbard and all these courageous people. We've had so many on the show that, um, I mean, Sharon's a good example. We've had so many on the show that are speaking their truths and you know, speaking up and not bowing their heads to the, <laughs> you know, the dominant alpha males that think they know more than they actually do just because they're in a position of control or money. Well, that, that reminds me of the movie The Insider that Russell Crowe was in. Where he One of my discloses, favorites. One of my favorites. Yes. Amazing movie. And it's, it's your mouth kind of drops when you're watching it. Like, how is it that this guy isn't telling the obvious? I mean... You're smoking, you're taking impure air, and you're get, and there's a higher incident rate of cancer and, and other health issues. And he was his life was ruined for telling a very simple truth. Well, and it's going on. You know, I, I love the topics uh, about genetically modified foods, and I, I love talking. I, I love learning about it. I've done a lot of reading on it, and and uh, the Monsanto and the Bayers and the Syngentas that have been poisoning our environment for decades and continue to. And uh, they're doing the same thing. Um, they're doing the same thing of just selling the BS of how incredibly um, 
safe these these things like glyphosate, which the World Health Organization said is an uncarcinogen, and just it goes on and on and on. Uh, that that so that's what happened with the insider. And remember that great scene in there when the seven what would they call the seven dwarfs, yes. the heads of the, right. the, the, the the tobacco company says cancer the, <laughs> in front of the Senate. Cancer does not cause lung. I mean, uh, cigarette smoking does not cause lung cancer. That's what the uh, you know, with all the studies out on GMOs, and uh, especially the one in France that was actually far longer than what the Monsantos actually allow to happen, you know, it's the truth is out on all that. But because of that 67% that are just getting through the day and, and, and information overload, all that stuff is just covered up. It's just covered up. Yeah, it's, it's an, an amazing feat that we can be snowed and that we actually follow suit with all these people. So what is, yeah. what is something that someone can do to actually not be uh, a trap in this? How, how, do, how do you recommend someone makes a difference in this area? Well, I mean, I, I, um, just one person, I, I, uh, I just think it's like, it's like the career thing, the career path. It's like the podcast, Discover Your Talent, Do What You Love, or our book, Don't Waste Your Talent. But the secret for not getting caught in the, in this funnel or the lemming conspiracy of mindless conformity is to, to wake up. And it's hard because of the, we're caught in this stress cycle of too much information and too much pressure from our systems, from our, whether it's family or friends or schools or organizations. It's just, you've got to spend time with yourself. I mean, and you've got to be quiet and you've got to be, you know, consciousness Michael Crichton said we're the least conscious society on the planet, <laughs> and I don't know about that, but, but we're, it's, it's real hard to stay conscious when the pressures of existence are so hard, and what we're discussing in this conversation, the information overload is so strong, and we're so, the world is in such chaos in so many ways, we're just scared, we're just, we're frightened, you know, I'm frightened, I mean, I, I, I'm not, I just worry about the, all the things that can go wrong, destroying the environment. We've almost made extinct it's like 75% of the species in the world just because of overdevelopment and, you know, poaching and all that other stuff. And uh, we're destroying the environment, and we're still going to pass the Dakota Pipeline. And there are two things wrong with that. Number one, we've screwed over the American Indians since we got here, just in the most horrific way. And uh, number two, it's an environmental disaster. But because the money is behind that then, okay, that, that goes through. I mean, the social media picked up on that real well for a long time, and there were courageous men and women going out there of all kinds, just there were military people going out there and showing their support. But then it, then it goes away because we can only focus on so many things at a time. And so, you know, I had hoped that we could, you know, in that particular case, shut that down, and, but, you know, it's going through. And there's already been a spill, by the way. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's just frightening. Staying conscious, you know, staying with people you love and trying to get good, keep good energy in your life and taking time to reflect, whether it's taking long walks or meditating or just getting enough rest where you can keep a perspective, to me is, uh, you know, that's, that's the best antidote. Well, I was going to say earlier that it's a little bit of a wake-up call when the food source that you're um, cultivating in a country is banned from being exported to other countries. There's a little bit of a hint that you're poisoning your own population. Well, I mean, it's uh, that couldn't be more true, and uh, it just goes it just goes on and on. If if we what I what I'm really 
pretty hopeful about is courageous people, like I said in the with the cancer issue with Ty Bollinger, The Truth About Cancer. If you watch nine series of an hour and a half, you see the big myth about these artificial um, um, the interventions for cancer. I mean, chemotherapy is based on Agent Orange, which is one of the stupidest ideas ever invented in the history of mankind, in my opinion, that destroyed a country and killed hundreds of thousands of people and maimed our own soldiers. And that's what chemotherapy is based on by those wonderful people called Monsanto. And it goes on and on. And so, and then the GMO myth, that, well, we, we've got to feed the world by because we don't have enough food. We could feed the world seven times over with natural food and so that they BS their way through that and thinking that we have to do all this stuff and genetically modify. And this one guy in France, and in honor to him, I, his name just slipped out of my head, the, the Monsantos of the world do three-month studies on, on their GMOs, which are not long enough, and they're not blind studies, and they do all kinds of rigging of that. This guy did one over a year and a half, and the, the poor rats that were tested these GMOs on grew tumors the size of their heads, and uh, none of that stuff is good for us. And the chemicals they put on our, in our, uh, I just saw an article on, on the Mercola website, which I like. Dr. Becker said that your pets are probably probably being poisoned because the stuff that the people that do your lawns, the, the stuff they put on your lawns, glyphosate and all these things to kill weeds also are killing your pets. You know, when we, when we go to the bathroom every day, this is an indelicate topic, so I'll try to pick my words carefully. When we eliminate fluids from our body every day, we eliminate 250 different toxins. When, when babies are born, they have a couple of hundred toxins in their bodies when they are born because their mothers have ingested those in the course of their adult life. So, uh, can we talk? <laughs> yeah. It's, well, it's I'll tell you what. We'll consider the first major part of this segment a public service announcement because <laughs> this recording is honestly going to have so many links to it to educate people of all the myths that we just spoke of. So why don't we transition into okay. how people can be powerful and how they can find their talent and do what they love. So my tell pleasure. me about your podcast and, and what you're doing with that. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, yeah, I like all those links too. That's, that's very meaningful. Oh, quickly, um, when I, uh, it's based on thinking I started doing in 1988 when I was an ad guy in Atlanta. I, um, I was just curious how people, what I call, find their sweet spot. It's not original with me, whoever said it, I, I'm using it. But when they, I was, how many people are really not using the best of who they are? And um, it led me on a journey for about a year and a half when I was still on that agency before I sold it to look at how people figure out who they are and what they want and how they get there. And it didn't take me long to figure out that the, the processes, there, there are tons of, of tools and programs and assessments and career counselors in high school and college and in corporations, but it's all very fragmented. And, you know, if you've got a, you know, if you've got a personality test over here, then you're sure that if you take that personality test, it'll give you the insights you want. And if you've got a, you know, weekend retreat over here where you can be by yourself and reflect, you're sure that's the answer. It's just a lot more complicated than that, to say the very least. The human being is more complex than, than anything in the, in the cosmos, I think. I mean, it's just infinitely complex. So, number one, if you understand it's complex, if, number two, 
you understand that you're responsible and you've got to understand it for yourself and that there are myriad things you can learn about yourself from your innate talents, your, 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 how you're hardwired, your, your skills, which are different. That's what you learn, your personal style, your values, you know, your, your goals, your family of origin influences, and, and all those things, your passions. Until you understand all that about yourself, you're sort of, you'll be caught in what we call the lemon conspiracy, where you, you know, I had a friend that went to law school because he could get in. He went to a top law school, and, you know, 10 years later, he said, that was the stupidest decision I've ever made. And, you know, like I said, I I lucked out by the grace of the great spirit, and I took that entrepreneurial job instead of going to, you know, into education. So that led me on a journey that led me to figure out some things with, with a bunch of brilliant people and how you really learn about yourself. And, and we did that. You know, we did that for about 11 years and it's uh, still going on today, 29 years later. And uh, so when I, I sold the company in 2001 and um, during the dot-com crash, by the way. So, <laughs> so uh, th- th- it brought us back to the podcast and we got into the internet thing and we thought, wait a minute, wouldn't it be fascinating to to showcase this journey and how the men and women out there who have the courage to do the inside work, to, to think for themselves, not just be caught up in the system, let's see what they do to get where they want to go. So 560 interviews later, after two years, and we aired 507, we've interviewed English teachers in Rome, Italy. We've interviewed former ambassadors to South Africa. We've interviewed potters in Maine, all over the world, Taiwan, and and we just really are just showcasing their stories of how they are building lives of success, satisfaction, and freedom on their own terms by doing the, the basic principles that lots of people have talked about, but few people have ever really integrated into their own journey. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. And actually, this whole program is the kind of program I wish that could actually uh, be broadcast to the world to have the world actually have clarity or at least have decisions they can make. That's, that's the important part. More knowledge uh, leads to better choices. And it, it, yes. it's so true that the 67% that you're speaking of are, in, in a way, sheep to the slaughter. And the, oh, yeah. And, yeah. Who, and, who the, and who the leaders are dictate whether the sheep experience uh, a peaceful life or a chaotic one. Yeah. You couldn't be more right. And, uh, and it, it's... it's um, and again, I'm the, I've studied this for a long time and several decades, and I'll be the first to say, and our guests reaffirm it every every week, that uh, it, it's um, it's very difficult. It's very difficult. I've never had a boss, and I've been through some economic highs that were just incredible. I've been through at least one really, really crunching economic low. But because I knew myself... I mean, better than not, I could stay the course and be true to my my values and my talents and my vision because I knew what I what I could do and what I couldn't do, or what I would do and what I wouldn't do. And uh, you know, I just was blessed to be able to stay the course through high times and low times because I had that personal vision and that conviction that you know this is this is my journey and I'm going to do it on my own terms and. Like I said, it hadn't always been a piece of cake. Well, I applaud you for being courageous enough to seek the truth and be a leader and write the books that actually help uh, perpetuate the message that we 
we have the choice of how we want to live our lives. I, since we're actually coming to the close of the first segment, I wanted to acknowledge you for that and just say, you know, in a, if the show was more formatted, we wouldn't have been able to go as deep in this message. So I'm, I'm thankful we did that. And if you could just share with the audience how people can follow you and learn more about this message. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, it's, it's a real honor to have this discussion because uh, discussions like this are uh, are getting us out of the matrix. So, um, so, did you say you want me to share how people get in touch with us? Please, uh, socially and, and also website. Yeah, yeah, of course. My pleasure. Well, the the, uh, the podcast, which um, we've been doing for two years, is at discoveryourtalentpodcast.com, discoveryourtalentpodcast.com. And we're, we were doing it five days a week, but because we're now going to get into courses and, and membership sites to really, and also another podcast, we're now doing it three days a week. Another podcast is coming for another segment, but they can go there and they can listen to the shows and in the very near future, they can. There'll be membership sites and courses that they can engage in, and then we're on Facebook, Discover Your Talent Podcast, and on Twitter, I think it's Don Hutchison Eleven, and on LinkedIn, Don Hutchison. Uh, you can put in Don Hutchison Discover Your Talent Podcast, and uh, you know they can reach out to us. There's a contact page on the website, and they can just uh, write and uh, you know tell us, uh, ask us questions, or suggest guests, or whatever they want to do. Well, fantastic, and uh, we're going to ha- make sure that your contact information is also on the show. At the end of the second segment, we're going to invite you back in on the show with John Burke to do a rapid-fire question and answer, so we'll ask you really quick questions, and if you'll give us really quick answers back, we'll get some of the information we weren't able to ask you in the first segment. So we're going to go to break right now. We'll be back in a couple minutes. Great. Thanks. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Effective leadership is what will propel the world, organizations, and businesses through a range of dynamic changes. How do you keep up with these changes, build skills, and lead effectively? Listen for Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. Maureen offers tools and engaging guests who are leaders in their field. With each week, you'll work on and improve your skills to lead with confidence and drive your organization's success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. 
Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. Welcome back to the second segment. We are really glad to have John Burke join us in a moment. I just was blown away by the first segment with Don Hutchison. What a, an amazing amount of information and uh, just clarity about what's going on in the world and how we can make sure we're living a healthier and wealthier and actually powerful life. So I actually met a gentleman named Greg Reed uh, who started Secret Knock, and he led me to an introduction with Ryan Long. And Ryan Long does an event every year that's very philanthropic. He raises, I, I think, six figures or more for a different cause each year through a program called City Gala. And the most recent City Gala expanded a day early and gave an opportunity for all these influencers, thought leaders, to share their wisdom. And I don't know if there were 30 or 40 uh, speakers, but it was a full schedule, and it was constantly moving. It was just like an amazing information uh, marathon. So I met a gentleman there, John Burke, and I don't even know if I said really much more than uh, hello, my name is Ken Rashawn from the Umbrella Syndicate, but I gave him a key smiling card because I, he had a phenomenal energy to him. And when I saw the picture later, it, it really did capture his heart and soul. And he's recently been published in a key smiling legacy edition because of the smiles and abundance he brings to the world. And after getting to know him more and more, I think this is the beginning of a great friendship. So, Gita, would you please uh, share the bio for John? Thank you so much, Ken. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. John Burke has won two Emmy Awards for his work as a television host and actor. Just wanted to tie up with what we started off earlier with uh, Don Atchison about uh, discover your talent and do what you love to do. John does what he loves to do. He's currently, he can be seen traveling the Silver State for PBS with his hit show, Outdoor Nevada. So far, Burke has explored over 11,000 miles of back roads and highways to experience the diversity and beauty of this great state. His other hosting duties have included series on the, all the major cable networks, including shows like Personal Effects, The Collectibles Show, E! News Live, so on and so forth. It's, it's been such an amazing journey um, reading through all your escapades, John. Thank you so much for being here. Truly appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. It's always nice to add another escapade, and I consider this one. So <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm so, so happy to be here. Thank you. Thank so you John, so it, much, Ken. John, it seems like hey, you're Ken, actually, how are you? I'm doing great. I was so excited to talk to you earlier, and this is going to be a, a great show because you're really up to big things in the world, and we like amplifying people like you to inspire others to do the same. 
Well, thanks, Ken. And, you know, with everything that's going on in the world, you know, there's, there's such an appetite for what you're putting out today. There is such an appetite, and it's underserved. And every day I, may, I meet people who love to have these conversations, but they think that they're the only ones having them. And, uh, and when people can come together on a show like this and, and talk about the things that you're talking about, I think it really uh, it makes everything a little bit better. And uh, I've just had a crazy, great career. I've been very lucky to work with Hollywood's top dogs. And, uh, and I've been at the upper levels, and I've gotten to see what success looks like on the upper levels. Um, and to you know win two Emmy Awards, um, I just got nominated for my third uh, which I think the ceremony is going to be uh, next month or something. But I got a couple of movies coming out this year, so it's been a crazy great career, and I just feel feel really blessed. Well, well deserved. I wanted to before we get to the the big dog stories. I wanted to talk about how Ryan Long actually caused the Power of One connection for us. I don't know another way I would have actually met you if I hadn't gone to that city gala. Uh, so. First of all, how'd you meet Ryan? Uh, what's your background with him? And then if you wouldn't mind sharing the message you shared that night with the audience. Well, you know, it's so funny how this works. And it's so funny, Ken, that we're talking about this. Because right now, I'm knee deep. I'm rereading the book, uh, The Law of Attraction. And, uh, you know, that's, that's really how this whole thing happened. But um, I was actually... I put together an online hosting course um, called, uh, it's, it's on a website called You Will Change the World. And through that, I met a, a gentleman named uh, Greg. And, and Greg has yeah. just written a book. Uh, yeah, he had, he had just written a book about uh, the power, basically the power of positive thought. And, uh, and through him, I got invited to speak at the City Gala. And then we were off and running and, and made a connection. I think that that night that we shook hands, it was like uh, a kindred spirit. And, um, and from that you know, the law of attraction takes over. You, you, you go where you're assigned, you do it with passion, and the law of attraction will, will take care of the rest. Isn't Greg Jacobson amazing? He is, he is really the ultimate connector. He is. He's, he's like the, the axle of a, of a wagon wheel. You know, you got all the spokes coming off, and he's like, I know this guy, I know that guy. Oh, that guy invented the Q-tip. You know, that guy invented the spin. And you're like, really, Greg? You know, <laughs> all these guys... And, uh, and at first blush, he's one of those guys that you look at him and you, you might be tempted to underestimate him. And five seconds of talking to him and you realize that's a big mistake. And, uh, and he's just a, a real positive, real positive person. And, and you can't have enough of those people in your life, you know? Yeah, and I would, I would just change it to a powerful force. I mean, what a, what a force. There's no, he's unstoppable in the area of think yourself happy. Well, you know, it's interesting, too, Ken, because when you talk about that, you know, really what you're talking about is, is charisma. And charisma right. means, for anybody, it means more Christ or more spirit. So if you're in touch with that thing that's inside of you, if you're really passionate, you get up in the morning and, and you love your life and you love people, and even when it's not going well, you're not condition-dependent, your mood isn't condition-dependent, but you're just that guy and, and you're connected to that, that spirit inside of you, You've got charisma, and, and you don't even have to do anything, and, and you just have it. And believe me, I've been on some of the top movie sets in Hollywood, and I've seen it. I've seen it. When it walks in the door, you can see when somebody is connected to who they are. They know what it is. They know how you see them. They're going to give you some of that, uh, and I've seen it a thousand times, and, and you just know it when you see it. It's called charisma. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Greg because 
I was actually in a decision between, I, I was on the road a lot during that period of time, and I was considering, should I, is this what God wants me to do to come out to City Gala and be at this event because I'm away from my family so much? And Greg was the one who got on the phone, literally, I don't know, three or four days before the event. He goes, Ken, I know how important the Keep Smiling movement is to you. And I am connected to everyone that's anybody at this event. I will make sure I make personal introductions to you. <laughs> you know, here we are on this phone call. So I'm glad you actually brought up his name. Yeah, well, he deserves it. And he's that, he's that wagon wheel. And everybody's got one of those people in, in their lives that, that's just moving along. And they know people. And, and you've learned, you know, you learn when you run up against somebody like that. And they offer you, you know, a, a chance to speak at the city gala. Even if you're not sure what it is or a chance to meet this person, you don't know who they are you learn real quick to say yes. And, uh, and you say yes to that force and you say yes to that charisma and you say yes to that flow and it will take you to great places. It will take you to this conversation today. You know, it's, um, it's just something you learn to, to gut check and you go, yep, feels good. I like it. Let's say yes. Let's move forward. And that's when magic happens. And uh, just to add to that, John, when you have someone like Greg, he's also, holding you accountable for what you said is important in life. So I, if I said, nah, I don't know, he says, well, didn't you say you were committed to this key smiling movement? And I would have to say, yeah, you know, yes, I am. So he called he me out to that. sure does, that I'm actually living my full force yeah. myself. <laughs> Everybody needs a, a person like that in their life that sort of gut checks you. That's like, wait, 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 wait. Didn't you say... At this moment, we are not being friends. At this moment, I am keeping you in check, you know, keeping you on point. And, and everybody needs somebody like that because quite often we can fool ourselves with uh, who we think we are. And it's just nice to have somebody say, mm, I ain't buying it. <laughs> it's, it's hard to hear well, at first, but it's also very healthy. I will tell you that these 27-minute segments go by so quickly, and I want to have an opportunity to do a rapid-fire session with you and Don because I want you to learn a little about Don. He's, he's going to be a great connection for you. We find it when we get these complimenting guests that when we put them together after the show that a new you know, life is spawned for relationship and uh, collaboration. So I wanted to give you an opportunity, obviously, to tell a couple of your stories, and then we're going to go into rapid-fire in probably about 10 minutes. So uh, first question for you, what actually uh, was it? something that led you into this field? How, how did you actually have that vision or that, that door opening? You know, I think it, in, in all honesty, Ken, it was something that I initially, as a kid, I fought it. Uh, I don't want to be an actor. Are you kidding? No, I don't want to be an actor. They've got a 90% failure rate. I don't, I don't want to do all that. No, thank you. Um, but what happens is it just keeps calling you and it won't go away. And it, it's kind of like what we just talked about. You, you, you say yes to it and you see where it, where it takes you. And, uh, I think just growing up as a kid, you know, going to the movies on Saturday afternoon had a real big, uh, influence in me. And it, it changed the way I saw the world because my world was small. I grew, grew up in a small town south of Atlanta. And when a movie would come, uh, and I would see these big stars, you know, on this movie screen in my little town, it, it changed what, what I knew about the world. And, um, and so I just started following my bliss, following my happiness. And I found out I had a real talent for it, uh, had a knack for it. And, um, it's taken me all around the country. It's, it's taken me to interview everybody from farmers in the field to, uh, you know, politicians. I've gotten to work with Woody Harrelson toe-to-toe on a movie that's coming out this year. I'm going to be in the new Transformers movie coming out, directed by Rob Reiner. I got to go to the Titanic with James Cameron for five weeks on the wow. North Atlantic. Um, yeah, you talk about just an incredible life experience. 
Um, so what I did is basically finally said yes and followed my bliss. I knew it wouldn't make the people around me happy because people around you sort of doubt that thing. Um, but I went for it. I packed everything in a U-Haul and I went to, to LA and got a crash course in parking cars. Uh, but little by little, followed my bliss and started saying yes to things and met the right people. And the next thing you know, I was launching the FX network and I was on air the day FX started. It was me and Tom Bergeron and Jeff Probst. We all had our own shows and it's just, it's just been bliss ever since. What can I say? What would you say is, uh, one of the biggest reasons you succeeded? Uh, I hate to say, I hate to promote this, but the truth is I didn't have a plan B. Uh, I didn't have a plan B and I just kept going. And some days you outlast a problem. If there's a problem, you can outlast it. Other than that, I think that people at the very top, they don't really consider not doing it. Let me give you a real quick example, Ken. When I got to go to the Titanic with James Cameron for five weeks on the North Atlantic, we promised a major cable outlet that we were going to do a live show from the bottom of the ocean. First time ever in human history, anybody was going to do a live show from the Titanic. And we got out there and we failed. And we failed and we failed for five weeks. It was bad. I mean, the rumor on the ship was that we were about to be sued for $7 million, which was the cost of production. And somebody decided to stop James Cameron. I'll never forget. They stopped Jim in the middle of everything. And they said, hey, Jim, look, nobody's ever done this before. Nobody's ever done this for a reason. You got that, right? Nobody's ever done this. And Jim just looked at him and he said, nobody's ever done this? Huh. Well, it's a good thing we're here. And I'll be darned if within the next 24 hours, it didn't happen. Somehow, that what we had failed to do for five weeks, we got done in the next 24 hours. And it was because that guy would not give up. He was making the rules. Life was not dictating him to a guy like that. So it's really, it's tenacity. And, and you don't give up and you outlast the problem. You just find another way to get it done. Well, that, I was asking if you'd been a secret knock before and you hadn't. And that's probably the common story is that Someone has a vision and they are relentless about it. They're persistent about it and they don't make a, an alternate choice. They, they cut their lifeboat and they go all in. So it's, and, it and you know, Ken, I think show. this is a real important intersection to, to point out, you know, that there's action in life, there's action, and then there's inspired action. And you know the difference. Inspired action, you could do it all day. Things are cooking. You're in the right place at the right time, meeting the right people. Things are just happening around you. You, you know, it may be hard work. When I do outdoor Nevada and I'm touring the state in a Land Rover, you know, it's, it's six hours of driving. And then you got to repel a cliff that's 150. It's, it's, it's work. But I could do it all day. I'm always bummed when I have to go to sleep at night. And then there's action that's like, you know, that action where you get tired. You're never in the right place. Meetings get canceled things are just a slog. So you're always looking for that inspired action, not the busy action. And if you don't know, if you can't tell which one it is, that's a yellow light. It's like, slow down, proceed with caution. Don't do anything crazy until you get that green light, that inspiration, and then move on it right away. Who's been uh, one of the more interesting actors that you've been able to hang around with? And why? (laughs) Of course, Woody Harrelson is, you know, By the way, this movie, I just want to tell you, this movie's called LBJ. It'll be coming out November 17th, directed by Rob Reiner, and I got to play John Connolly. John Connolly was LBJ's campaign manager, and I got to sit in the front seat of the limo. We recreated the assassination in Dallas, and I got to sit in the front seat as we recreated that iconic moment. Um, That was just surreal. But I got to tell you this real quick story. I got a call one time from a casting director. She said, 
I want you to be on the set of my next project, and I want you to start this weekend. And I was like, fantastic. And she said, it's for a stand-in. And I said, oh, sorry, I don't do, I'm sorry, that's not something I do. Stand-in, of course, is when you stand there, and they light the set, and they get everything right, and they move you out and bring in the real actors. So I said, I'm, uh, good luck to you. And she said, wait, 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 it's for George Clooney. Well, <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> when I get to the set, the director's making this big announcement, right? He's like, look, we only have a short amount of time with him, so please no photographs, no autographs, no selfies with him in the background. Be professional. And just then this big, black, shiny limousine comes pulling up. It's Clooney. And I get whisked away into a side room, and they put me into my wardrobe for the day. And I'm thinking, what am I going to say to him? Like, what do you say to George Clooney? And then I remembered that we had a family connection. I took his dad's place introducing old movies and American movie classics. So I said, ah, that's, that's what I'll hit him with, right? So uh, he's making his rounds around the, the whole place, and I'm practicing my little hello to a curtain. And finally, I turn the corner, and there it is. There's George. He's looking at me, and I'm looking at him. And it's like a standoff in a Western movie. We're just looking at each other. And he sticks out his hand, and he says, hey, I'm George. And, of course, I stick out my hand, and I say, <laughs> it didn't go well. And then he looks down, and he says, and by the way, your fly's open. That was my, my big moment with George Clooney. My fly was open. And worse yet, That's I was awesome. wearing a pair of pajamas. So, good guy, though. And because you look so much like him, they needed you for doing the lighting correctly? Well, yeah, you know, it's, it's, I like to tell myself that. That's certainly what I tell myself. <laughs> Uh, but the truth of the matter is, you know, you're the right size, uh, you're the right, you know, hair color, that sort of thing. So, uh, we're exactly the same size. So yeah, I took the gig and I was a stand in for George Clooney for a day. <laughs> for and some that goes in your resume. commercial that runs in Japan. John, does that go in your resume as you were a stand in for him? Absolutely not. I only tell it on internet talk radio shows. That's the <laughs> <laughs> no, I really feel privileged. All right, and yeah, uh, you should. tell us another, tell, since you have so many stories, I'll, I'll just have you pick up one or two that might uh, inspire, entertain. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, I got to work with uh, Courtney Cox, and um, it was a big, complicated scene, a lot of extras, and she couldn't have been nicer. I mean, she meets me in the, in the makeup trailer, and she walks over, and she says, hi, I'm Courtney, and I'm thinking, no kidding. Uh, you're one of the highest paid actresses in all of Hollywood, but no kidding. So we're getting ready to do our scene, and we start to do it, and I made the mistake of looking her in the eye, because that woman has the bluest eyeball in the history of eyeballs, and I start just sort of spiraling into this eyeball, and just as I'm doing this, I realize I'm forgetting all my lines. I cannot remember a single line, and she takes a breath, says her next line, and it all came back to me just in time. But she couldn't have been sweeter. She couldn't have been nicer. But that was somebody, you talk about charisma, walks in the room and the, and the hair on the back of your neck stands up and you say, wow, this person's operating at a very high vibrational rate, you know? And you know those people when, when they walk in the room, you can just tell. Of course. What's, what do you think the distinction is? How does, how does one actually come into the zone or the peace and get that spirit? Ken, that's, that, is, that is it. You just hit on the nerve, the, the whole thing right there. You just said it. These actors, you take Robert De Niro or you take, you know, Sylvester Stallone or Meryl Streep. They all know what it is they do. They've researched it. They've looked at all the reviews. They looked at their high school yearbooks and they know how you see them. 
and the successful ones give you that. When they walk in the door and you say hello, they already know how you're viewing them. And anytime they step out of that, the public won't buy it. Let me give you an example. Nobody wants to see Amy Grant sing Like a Virgin. Like, we go to Madonna for that. We don't go to Amy Grant for that. Um, Stallone's biggest word, the word that you will find in in more reviews of Stallone than anything else is beleaguered. He knows he has to be beleaguered. Um, Robert De Niro, urban. Meryl Streep, porcelain. So these people are always connected to exactly what it is they do, and they know it. And so that is charisma. And so the trick is to know what it is you do and offer that, do that. And you can find it in birthday cards. You can find it in high school yearbooks and any sort of review you ever got in a play. Uh, you'll find those words keep popping up. And I did a lot of research to find out what it is my words were so that when I go into an audition, I know how they see me and this is how we're going to do it. Isn't that interesting? I think that's really fascinating that these people know what it is they do and they offer that. And that's what, that's what they keep playing over and over and over. And they don't try and get out of that. Yeah, I think Tom Hanks is a perfect example of that, too. So yeah, what would you sure, describe right? his words to be? I, for him, for me, it's the guy next door. I mean, he's just he's yes. your buddy. He's your wingman, you know? Totally. He's, he's the everyday man. He's the glorified journeyman, you know? I, I, I think that's well, what's made his career so successful. Well, we're gonna he go, identified that. Uh, we're going to go to rapid fire. We're going to go to rapid fire because we have a couple minutes. So, Don, you are on the line? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, quick questions, quick answers. Uh so for Don first, uh, favorite book? The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Awesome. John? A Course in Miracles. Gita, go ahead. Uh, Don, your favorite mentor? Did you say Don? Don, yes. You'll be going your first. Your favorite Don. mentor? My favorite mentor? Uh, my mother. Don? For me, I've never met him, but I learned so much from Bruce Springsteen. Cool. Well, that leads me to, Don, who would you want to meet that you haven't met? Oh, gosh. Um, Gandhi. Gandhi, okay. John? I'm going to go with Don. (laughs) Don, okay. That's a good one. My goodness. All right. Gita, last question. Go ahead. Uh, what? In, in a few words, your genius in how do you share your genius in a couple of words? John? Don? No, Don. By, by finding the greatness in others and letting them tell me their story. Hey, Don? It's a great answer. Um, by being present and um, just by being present and, and connecting on a, on a, a deeply uh, human human level. Now, that would have been awesome if you hadn't been present to actually say that. So that's pretty cool that you were <laughs> present to say that. Thank so you. with a minute left, uh, Don, what is a quote you live by? Um, the, the, um, I think it was Raymond Chandler, the last words he wrote was, uh, before he died, was, I'm going to mess this up, but it was, I've made the best out of the time I had here. Can you say the same? Cool. John? Nothing has any meaning other than what you give it. And how can people follow you, John? 
uh, best thing to do is right now to go to VegasPBS.org, and then they can watch shows of Outdoor Nevada streaming and uh, leave comments, or they can find me on Facebook. And they can also go to You Can Change the World and see your That's program right. there. You will change the world. So John, and you can find my, my hosting course. All right, John and Don, you guys have been amplified. You guys are phenomenal guests, and I only wish we had more time to spend with both of you, so we'll have you back at another time, and we're certainly going to memorialize this great episode in the, in the upcoming book, Amplified Gold Nuggets. Have a great night, and we'll talk to you soon. Great time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashan again next Tuesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, go get your message heard.